Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood, and joining me this evening, as always, Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. What's going on, guys? I'll tell you what's going on. What's going on is a little angel's envy. (laughs) It's a good night. Talking some uh, fantasy football with my besties. We have uh, an unofficial sponsor uh, of the show, the official drink of the Fantasy Joes. Two out of three Joes approve. That's Angels right. Only. So Cheers. if you're listening, you know, there, there's your free, there's your freebie. Um, but you'll have to call us, um, you know, with some, some fundage for, for some more mentions. Uh, yeah, you, have to send this, you have to send this Joe a bottle because it's only 66.6% repeating, of course, of the Joes. And so that's like a D. I mean, come on, Angels Envy. Get together. <laughs> so uh, you guys have an exciting day with the, a lot of leagues trade, trade deadline frenzy. I, I made several deals today and, and improved my chances uh, in a couple of leagues this year and uh, um, you know, kind of improved my chances for the future requiring some draft picks. Another league. How do you guys do with the, with trade deadlines? Trey, you make a lot of trades today. Actually I didn't <clears throat> had a pretty crazy day at work. And to be honest with you, I have been, um, this will come as no surprise to anyone that listens to this podcast or to you guys, but I'm, I'm pretty active trading throughout the year and had made most of the moves in the leagues I really wanted to. I did try to get a move done um, today with my locomotive Leblanc team in the uh, league the three of us are in, um, Foot Clan Dynasty. I did try to make an acquisition of LaShawn McCoy, which I guess uh, fellow Joe uh, Will Greenwood also made an attempt, but we were foiled by, uh, you know, ran out of time. So no moves for me today. Happens to Will. I, I know you're going to allude to this later, but you, you made some trades. You and I made some trades today. Yeah. You're, you're my, uh, we're, you're my biggest trade partner today. Yeah. That, that little Sean McCoy deal would have gone through had we not made the, the peer end deal, but the response time in, in, in trade deadline came up. So it's just like, you know, I'm good uh, to go. Yeah, so it just goes to show you, you know, uh, here's a hot tip for making trades. Get to know other owners. Do a podcast with them. You get to know them really well, and then you, you have that line of conversation going. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, so uh, when we were chatting, I was at home this morning uh, working, and then was driving to the office, and when I plugged in my, you know, service into my dock for my screens and everything, it reset. And so I was typing everything to you. Our, our trade today, Ryan, was by phone, and the trade deadline was at 11 a.m. Central. And so I was like, oh, geez, oh, man. And because uh, sometimes it just does. I don't know. I think I'm not a uh, computer was by any means, but sometimes it'll reset as I unplug it from home and take it to the office. And uh, it was a little stressful. It's a little stressful way to start the, the Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, we, we got there with like two minutes to spare. Hashtag first world problems. <laughs> it was a real hard day, guys. Real hard day. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, listen, just a public service announcement. League of Ballers. Trade deadline is not until the 29th, so there is one week remaining in the trade trade frenzy. And uh, public service announcement as well to all of you guys out there that keep the default of uh, what is it, week 11? I mean, it's still two weeks till the playoffs. Plenty of time to make trades. 
I think trade deadlines need to get pushed back till the basically right before the playoffs start. I, I agree. Cause if you think about it in several of the dynasty leagues that we're in, um, you know, yeah, there's some, there are, you know, two, three teams that definitely have made the playoffs and, but there are a lot of teams that, you know, a lot of leagues, there are just a couple teams that are out of it. And then everyone else is still, you know, wrestling for a playoff spot. So yeah. Why yeah, there's, there's less incentive for those teams to make a deal. So if you have the team, it's the last week of the year, you know, week 13 or week 13 of the regular season and they know they're out, then they're going to be more incentivized. So I, I like that. I like that public service announcement and it's all over the place when you're multiple leagues another pro tip make a spreadsheet of the trade deadlines because i was talking to the owner in a league and and i said oh i'm sorry we didn't get something done before the trade deadline he's like what are you talking about the, the tra- there's no trade deadline in this league and he was right and i was like oh <laughs> so uh anyway nice yeah Joe so move of the week yeah so let's get into um our our normal intro segment and of course that's our our moments of the week and face plan of the week and this week, we're calling the Average Joe Moment of the Week the Ricky Seals-Jones Moment of the Week. We all saw that one coming, right? Um, Ricky Seals-Jones blowing up. Uh, so, Will, you want to start with your Ricky Seals-Jones Moment of the Week? Yeah, I started him in all leagues because he has two last names. Thus, is going to be successful in the NFL. I'm kidding. I, I didn't know who he was until he got his first touchdown uh, on red zone. My, it's my like Jarrell Green Beckham, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think he's still. I think I, I might pick him up on waivers. He's going to come around. He's like he's going to be like the the non drug addicted Josh Gordon <laughs> and have a blow up season. Uh, anyway, so the one of the one of the one of the fun things I think of the week was uh, one Russell Wilson. I have him in quite a few leagues, and him just going like full ham bone after kind of messing up at the beginning of the game. And I actually went to bed and was reading, and uh, it, it kind of like after seeing it in the subtle satisfaction of our, our prehistoric Joe's, uh, you know, kind of practice episodes earlier on is we made a water bet uh, entailing Jameis Winston and Russell Wilson. And just to see what Russell Wilson can do with no offensive line and no running game, it just kind of like, he's so much fun to watch and, and to do it. And the other part was just the dynasty league trades we made this week were just the back and forth, the chats, they weren't painful. Everything was fun. Uh, I acquired some guys and, and sold some guys and, uh, you know, Overall, there was just good, like, you know, shaking and moving, and it was a really enjoyable, uh, you know, fantasy dynasty time for me. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun when you got your wheeling and dealing with multiple leagues and multiple people. Uh, Trey, what's your Ricky Seals-Jones moment of the week? Well, I'm going to have to take a moment to bask in the glory um, because once we get to the hot take segment, there will be no basking for anybody but Ryan once again. So Blaine Gabbert, last, baby. <laughs> la- last week, we on this very podcast, uh, someone might have recommended Keenan Allen to be a sell. And I said, au contraire, my friend. I think that, you, you know, the targets, the red zone targets, we talked about that last week. So it was really rewarding, not just because of, you know, that conversation, but because I own him on literally almost every dynasty roster. Um, imaginable to see Keenan Allen come out and, and, you know, double digit catches over 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, And the great thing is I want to just throw this out there. Like he could, he could have a really big game. I think that the, if you look at the way that the chargers offense clicked last week, I mean, they were a better football team when they were heavily targeting their best wide receiver. They go up against a Dallas team this week that I think is, um, 
able to be beat through the air. Uh, it would not surprise me at all for Keenan Allen to be putting up. And what's crazy, you know, you talk, we talked about last week he was wide receiver 29. Half point PPR, he is all of a sudden now wide receiver 10. Crazy what one big blow-up game will do for you. But I re- reap the rewards of that across multiple leagues. You're right back there? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, starting to get into cold season, too. Um, so I've got a sinus infection myself, and it sounds like in Trey's household, there's some other, <laughs> there's yeah. other colds going on, unfortunately. Well, and, and I think the craziest part is Keenan Allen didn't even play the whole game. Like, the Chargers basically checked out halfway through, or like, you know, not halfway through, but the, at least the whole fourth quarter. And, uh, he, yeah, it was, it was a pretty impressive show. It's, it's easy to win games when you can uh, pick off the opposing quarterback five times and a half and then have a team not cover your best receiver. <laughs> yeah, my rookie Seals Jones uh, moment of the week, I mean, I mean uh, a close runner-up would be the Tread Deadline Frenzy today. Um, but it's a victory against a certain fantasy Joe, which will get brought up later. So I'll, I'll, I'll save my comments for just a moment. Um, but let's get into our letdowns. And of course this, this week it's easy for to what we're going to do let down after who else could have even Nathan Peterman. Not that we expected a lot, but you, you probably expected a little more if you dared to start him. <laughs> Nathan Peterman. Oh man. I don't know if his career is ruined or not. Um, but, but Will, what's your Nathan Peterman uh, moment of the week? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Ryan, Ryan has his highlight of the week. was probably just messaging our group chat from our, our dynasty that we're in where I had Russell Wilson going and he had Julio Jones in that game. Yeah. After the first couple of turnovers, I went to bed, started reading and hanging out, and all of a sudden my phone you know, pops up and it's, it's the, the, the group chat. And it's like, oh, hey, so close. And I was like, what, what happened? And I check and uh, <laughs> you know, I was just like, I was like, I was like, dang it, you know, because I didn't, I didn't switch out Seattle yet because I didn't know that I wanted to drop them yet in Dynasty. And uh, Ryan had played the Chargers, which is another highlight of my week because I played the Chargers in a lot of other places, except for this one. Uh, but long story short, it was just kind of uh, – it's funny because I didn't expect to have any chance going into it until my, my, my fellow Joe bro, Ryan, uh, gives a shout of quote-unquote congratulations <laughs> saying that it's a nail-biter. Oh man, it I'm was giving so- a hard time. It was so. It was, it was fun. I, che- I as soon as I checked it, uh, I was like, "I'm so glad I didn't watch the game. I just would have been stressed out." Oh, I was stressed out too. I was sitting there, and I, I was. And then when they when Seattle had the ball on that last drive, I thought for sure, Russell Wilson, you're not gonna stop him. He's gonna drive to the field, and they're gonna score a touchdown. And then when they were in field goal range, I was thinking overtime. I'm sunk if they go into overtime. And yeah, you know, Pete Carroll knew that uh, he did a couple more yards for the uh, former. Minnesota Vikings kicker Blair Walsh and uh, oh man, <laughs> what I think, a- I think the whole I think we might have set a, a Richter scale register in in Minneapolis for that night when he missed it in celebration as a city because Blair Walsh <laughs> missed it. <laughs> field against the Seahawks. Not that I, you know. Again, there was there was there's, there was much rejoicing in this city here for that. Yeah, yeah, uh, entertaining game and, and Russell Wilson amazing performance. We once again, uh, Trey. Um, what about your um, Nathan Peterman uh, letdown this week? So I don't think that I'm the only one that was affected by this gentleman's uh, atrocious negative. I, I think it's appropriate because not only did Nathan Peterman post uh, negative points this past week, but, but another quarterback that I think the expectations might have been a little higher, Dak Prescott, 
uh, in a lot of leagues, uh, a lot of scoring formats posted negative points. And so I, you know, there's a, um, redraft league that you and I commish together, Ryan, the, the premier league with a relegation league. It's the first year. So everybody that makes the playoffs, um, this year is going to be in the premier league next year. And, uh, Dak Prescott with the negative points really hurt me in that league. I already lost Aaron Rodgers in that league, so I'm relying on Dak as my quarterback one. And he really, really just pooped the bed on me. And um, so, however, it's funny because in another league, I actually benefited from, and it's a strange turn of events. I won a game by less than 10 points when my opponent, who I was I'm battling to try and maintain my lead in the division to get a first round buy in the playoffs. My opponent started Dak Prescott and I went back and forth on whether to start Nathan Peterman or Joe Mixon as my super flex. And so I went Thank with goodness. Joe Mixon. Had I gone with Nathan Peterman, I would have lost, but it, you know, it, it's just the, the way that it all worked out. I ended up winning because my opponent played had Dak as his quarterback one and and but just a terrible week from a, a guy that is really really struggling right now yeah I had the same experience Trey I, I lost a, a key matchup because of Dak and but then I benefited a matchup I shouldn't have won because of Dak Prescott um yeah <laughs> very disappointing um so my Nathan Peterman let down of the week uh, I, I would go with uh, a couple. Deonta Foreman's injury. I own him in a couple of dynasty leagues, and I've been really high on him. And the fact that he uh, he tore that, you know, he was there was a breakout game, right? And he tore tore the Achilles. And there's no guarantee that he's going to come back as the same player, unfortunately. So that's disappointing. Another injury. Houston is cursed this year. I mean, on on the lighter side, you could say the fan, with fantasy, you know, their their team. Uh, with all the all the stars they've lost on a on a larger scale, obviously the hurricane that devastated the community. Um, yeah, I, I hope that that in all sincerity, I hope that Houston Astros uh, World World Series victory is is you know giving some people some smiles because man, what what a tough year. I mean, I mean the, the you know the Houston Texans, it's it's not really in the grand scheme, it's not relevant. But the you know to have the the hurricane and then you know just just a, a little bit of insult injury there. Um, and then I want to say uh, Connor Barth or Connor Barf, as I think we were calling him here in Chicago. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, that Bears game, they came back and they had a chance to tie and go to overtime, and there's hope. And Trubisky, you know, had a good, you know, drive to get them in field goal position. And just a kick that wasn't even close. I mean, at least Blair Walsh, that kick had a chance. But, but you know, Connor Barth, it's like he mailed it in. It's like, I, I don't want to keep my job. I don't want to win this game. I'm just going to, you know, just not even try. Oh, so disappointing. So we got we – got, uh, Kyra Santos now in Chicago, though. So, you know, addition by subtraction. Not that the Bears are going to the playoffs, but it's still good to win. And that was disappointing, guys. Um, yeah. I'm ready for hey, at least uh, he didn't. At least he didn't miss the net uh, when he was trying to kick. <laughs> like some people. Uh, like some. Are you talking about some Eastern Illinois, former Eastern Illinois linebackers? Will? Crickets. <laughs> So sorry, sorry there. I was uh, the uh, in the background of my computer, a video started playing, and it was sorry, it just distracted me. But yeah, the, <laughs> I, I said that to the group. The, I tried to find a video of it. I wanted to see the missed kick into the net for the backup Eagles kicker. Again, he had two last names, so he's going to crush it in the NFL someday. And uh, his his first kick, he's the you know goes goes to do it and, and misses and, and hits it into the stands. And the 
the quote from the other person was like, yeah, the person was definitely surprised that the guy hit with the football while sitting, you know, like, you know, there's no plays going on. Uh, I just wish there, I wish I could find the video for that. Yeah. No, I know I looked too after, after you mentioned it and I, I couldn't find it either. Maybe it's out there somewhere. So if you got, if you got a link listener, send us a link so we can check it out. Um, Ryan, I want to get your opinion while, uh, you know, you're the resident Chicago bears fan. I, I want to don't so, remind me. Know, well, no, but I don't know if you saw in the news. Um, I don't know. You probably know that your uh, beloved bears are uh, up against a pretty tall task this weekend. Oh my God. Um, I saw, I saw where Doug Peterson actually uh, said that he sees a lot of, he, he called uh, Mitch Trubisky the Carson wins 2.0. And so I was just curious what your thoughts were, what, you know, the, the bears made this bold move that was a little, looked a little crazy to move up and grab this kind of unproven quarterback. What, what are your thoughts so far on what you've seen out of Trubisky so far as a bears fan? You know, it's okay. I mean, I think he's limited, you know, by, by the coaching staff and, um, you know, the, the positions they're putting him in. Because, you know, the Bears, the, their offensive game plan is extremely conservative. And, and it's probably the smart thing to do. But I'm looking forward to new coaching staff coming in. And, and I, like, I like Trubisky. I think he's probably yeah. a, a bi-candidate, if anything, because I think yeah. he's, looked, he's looked good. And, and uh, you know, I mean, not, not amazing, but I think he's – you're not seeing the full Mr. Trubisky because – they're handcuffing him a bit. Uh, they're, they're really easing him into it. So, no, I, I'm really high on Mr. Trubisky. Um, so in Mitchell a super Trubisky. flex, you think you'd trade him for Phillip Rivers in a super flex league in which you were a contender? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I know I like I, – he's, a, he's definitely a whole <laughs> ton of buy. That, that's <laughs> oh, that's right. And you just <laughs> traded away Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, I, I got my QB for for my championship run tray in that league. I was almost Thank gonna you. send you. I was almost gonna send you an <laughs> offer the other day, and I was like, you know, if it wasn't for the fact he's a Bears fan, he probably would consider it. I was gonna add a little sweetener, but I yeah. thought, well, is, with his Bears fandom, there's no way. No, yeah, that, that's. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, once they get him some receivers to work with. Yeah, they got to get him. So yeah, that's the other thing too. I didn't even mention that, right? The talent around yeah. him. He, he has yeah. he has none. He's look good. So Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I'm excited though. The the free agent class of wide receivers. I I think you know now Chicago in recent years hasn't had the most success getting free agents to come to come to Chicago. Uh, but I think that'll change. I think they're gonna. I hope they're gonna get a new coaching staff and somebody. Oh, that they're gonna get a new coaching for. staff. There's yeah. no doubt. Oh, well, they got to. So. Okay, well, enough, enough Chicago. This has been the Chicago Bears uh, portion of the, of the podcast. But let's get into something else. We're gonna, um, we have a special guest coming on the show because um, we're going to get into DFS. And if you don't play DFS, don't worry about it because um, this next gentleman that's joining us is going is to give you a great overview. You're going to want to jump in and play as soon as this weekend. So joining us tonight is special guest, Pat James. Pat has been a daily fantasy sports writer and player since 2013. And he's a writer for Rotoviz. And before writing for Rotoviz, his work can be found on Roto Grinders, Project Roto, Draft Day, Fantasy Pros, and Fantasy Insiders. Uh, Pat's Twitter handle is at PatJamesDFS. Pat James, what's going on? Thanks for joining the Fantasy Joes. I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, Let's talk some DFS. And you're you are the first guest. We we really haven't talked about DFS at all on the show. We focus mostly on Dynasty. So, but first of all, tell us about a little bit about yourself. Um, you know where you're from. You've been playing DFS now for about four years. How did you get into it? And what do you like about it? 
Uh, sure. I'm uh, I'm based in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. It's kind of a suburb of Scranton, uh, home of the office. Most people know that. Um, so I'm in that neck of the woods in the Northeast. Um, I started with my buddy at uh, a, like a regular fantasy football website, Redraft, um, in 2011. And uh, it kind of morphed into a DFS site and then it kind of uh, disbanded. But I started DFS. I was actually reading a magazine from a newsstand, and at the time, like in 2012 or 2013, they had those. Just started taking out those full-page articles and like on the back. Um, so I said, "What the heck?" I uh, think it was it was Draft Street um, that I first joined, and I, w- I was very casual. Um, just entered some tournaments here and there. Um, cause I really didn't have much of a bankroll to be honest. I wasn't like setting aside thousands of dollars to play DFS, but I ended up, um, binking, uh, if you don't know what that means, it means winning without much, uh, knowledge or any, um, grasp of the concepts of DFS, kind of just mashing buttons, uh, a couple tournaments on, on draft street and got a bankroll from there. And, and just since then I've, really hone my craft and I love it. Um, I play multiple sports, but football is definitely my bread and butter. So you said there's a term for that called, it's called binking. Yeah. Binking. Like it's, it's a, it's actually a poker term, but it just means like, uh, you luckily with, with no skill really involved, you, you took a big pot down or you took a big tournament in, in DFS down. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm very casual at DFS and I'm trying to learn more about it. And I guess I, I have banked a couple of times. Not that I've ever won any like huge pots, but you know, I, I, I like to play the uh, the GPPs, the guaranteed prize polls, because I think that's the, the most fun for me and I have the most success with that. And yeah, I fail a lot, but sometimes I'll hit and, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll do okay. So, but, and, and, you know, you, you talked about a couple of things, you mentioned the term bankroll and I think some of the listeners would be like bankroll. Oh my gosh, I can't afford to get into DFS. So um, can you talk about that? And like, what, like going into a season, like what, what kind of basic strategies should people have? Should you go into a strategy season saying, okay, I've got X number of dollars to put into this. And I, I think the good thing about DFS, right. Is that, you know, I think you can play games for as low as two bucks, right? So you could go from $2 right. on up. So you want to talk about that, Pat, how that works? Yeah, sure. Bankroll is really relative. I mean, you could be uh, someone who only plays $20, $25 a week, or you could be one, I'm not one of them, but some of these guys have $20,000 and play on a weekend. Uh, but like I said, it's all relative. Um, but really the main thing that a lot of people get confused is your bankroll is basically the amount of money that you're going to, that you can afford to spend throughout the entire season. So it's not, if you have, if you're going to deposit $25 every week, then your bankroll is going to be somewhere in the neck, in the neck, in the neighborhood of whatever, 16 or 17 times uh, 25 is. Um, Some people think like that each week, if they only have $25, et cetera, they calculate uh, numbers based on that, but you should definitely um, throughout the course of the season, wager each week based on how much you, can put in for the entire season yeah that makes sense trey and i have kids so our, i think our bankroll is about five bucks a week right trey yeah, yeah. that's right <laughs> no, i'm kidding a little bit but um okay that makes sense so 
Well, uh, Pat, what do you like about it? Like, how did what sucked you in? I mean, obviously, you probably initially got sucked in because you won uh, those those initial tournaments that you played. But like, like, how did you really get into it? Like, what what do you like about DFS over, say, doing a redraft league or or a dynasty league? Yeah, I mean, they're they're basically on complete opposite ends of the spectrum from a dynasty. Obviously, dynasty, you're tied to guys for basically as long as you want. Um, the thing about DFS is, and I think this is obvious to everybody, but it's a new start each week. Um, if you loved Terrell Pryor going into this season and you have a ton of stock in him in Dynasty and Redraft and best balls, um, obviously you're killing yourself. I was one of those people. I mean, I'm, I don't play a ton of Redraft and Dynasty anymore. I'm probably in like five leagues total. Um, but uh, in D- my the DFS me uh, was over Terrell Pryor after week two. Um, but the, the redraft and dynasty me still has to deal with them to this point. And I just think that even, um, even if you on a week to week basis in DFS, you can get crushed and come right back. Um, even at the end of the season, if you've been so, so for 12 weeks, or even if you haven't had a great 12 weeks, most people's seasons are over in redraft and dynasty you're looking forward to next year uh you could have lost every week up until this point and, and still come out um a huge winner in dfs just by hitting uh, this week even if your previous 11 weeks were terrible yeah that's right and, and one of the cool things i like about it is that like guys that you miss in, in dynasty like for example juju i i didn't you know i i just didn't think he was gonna gonna hit so i, I avoided him and i, I regret it but I can still play Juju and, and DFS. So, no, I think you're right. That's one of the yeah, great yeah. things about guys that you really want to cheer for. You, you can, you know, you can, you can own them at least for a week. And also, uh, Pat, correct me if I'm wrong, but like also in the playoffs, right? I mean, you can, uh, you can mm-hmm. best in the playoffs. So, so when your, your dynasty, you know, season's over and there's no trades, something to do to make the playoffs interesting, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, they have it all the way up until the AFC champ, the AFC NFC championship week. Um, four, four or two game slates basically. Uh, and it gets a little, a, a little weird on trying to roster a, a two game slate, but, um, it's still definitely something, uh, fun to do to have some skin in the game at that point. So I, I want to ask you about the, the different options for DFS. You know, there's DraftKings and, and FanDuel. I think there's some other ones, right? Um, that, but those are the, like the big, big players, so what would you recommend for a beginner? What, like, which, which platform do you like better? And there, are there other ones you'd recommend that, are, that you don't hear about as much? Um, yeah, I would say personally, um, and this is my opinion, I'm a bigger fan of DraftKings. Uh, I really like the website interface, which is uh, a weird thing to, to start off with, but it's just much uh, smoother, um, pleasing to the eye. I like the, the interface on DraftKings a lot, but I also like their – their um, layout there's a flex position where there isn't on FanDuel um, it's PPR where it isn't on FanDuel it's only point, uh, 0.5 PPR on FanDuel um, FanDuel is really uh, just as good uh, I personally just prefer DraftKings I would say we're splitting hairs a little bit between the two their prize pools are pretty much uh, the same and there are some um, smaller satellites uh, website fantasy draft is is one that is probably i would say like third in line and then there's 
also one called draft, which is not your traditional salary cap. It's daily fantasy, but um, you have you actually have to participate in a snake draft. Yeah, what's your opinion of draft? I mean, you listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts, and uh, you know they they really are promoting themselves. They they are buying advertisements on every podcast. Um, but ours, of course, but we're, we're hoping they'll call us up tomorrow. Um, but, but, uh, no, like, do you, do you have an opinion on, I mean, I'm not asking you to, you know, if you have anything negative, but it's totally different, right? I think in a way it's kind of fun. Maybe it's a good way to enter the whole DFS thing. Cause it's, people are used to it. Right. And people like to draft. What do you think of it? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're a big fan of that draft component, um, I say go for it. I'm personally not a fan because it almost eliminates that element of drafting, or uh, rostering who you want or your favorite plays. Like I could like a certain number of plays on that week and miss out on them all completely on draft, which for me, it kind of defeats the purpose because I feel like my edge is knowing um, what players are going to outperform their salary cap each week. So, I I mean, I I, I dabble uh, a little bit on draft, but it's not my thing. I like the salary cap aspect of Daily Fantasy. So uh, in terms of the different games, I think the two major ones, and tell me if there are others that I'm missing out on. There's the, you know, like the head-to-head, and then there's, uh, you know, the, the GPPs where you can enter against thousands of other people and, and, you know, win tens of thousands of dollars. What do, you, what do you like to do? Do you mix it up? It seems like I've read the strategies to kind of mix it up. Um, what what mm-hmm. do you like? I, I pretty much exclusively play the GPPs because I just think they're fun, and I like the idea if, if I just strike this right lineup, I can win big money every week. Yeah, I think that question depends on your goals. Um, for me, I'm trying to create a, a long-term profit. I'm just trying to see basically my arrow point up uh, a little bit each week if there's a spike because I hit a tournament or something, great. But um, overall, I'm just trying to grind out a profit. So for me, I play mostly cash games, which are double ups, um, 50-50s, and head-to-heads. Uh, and I break it down by percentage. I'll usually have about 85% of my bankroll um, for that week in play in head-to-heads, 50-50s, double-ups, and then 15% in um, GPP tournaments. However, if you are a casual player, um, you're just depositing $20, $25 each week, you could certainly um, just throw one, one bullet in the millionaire maker. And if that's your entertainment for the week, that's fine. Yeah, so let's, um, I guess, basic strategy, maybe for both, for for beginners, new players. Um, you, you know, what I think, I think a lot of people hear about is if you want to win one of those big tournaments, yeah, you want to have some solid plays, but then you want to go contrarian and, and just kind of take some shots in the dark. Uh, you know, hope that, you know, uh, uh, um, what Ricky Seals Jones or something, you've got him in your lineup and, and uh, he, he wins you the whole thing. So, uh, you want to talk about some basic strategies for, for beginners? What are some things that just, uh, if you're going to get started, just some things you, you really should do, some real basic stuff? Right. So um, just to compare and contrast, a uh, cash game should probably be a very safe lineup. So you should have um, consistent players, guys that see a lot of volume, quarterbacks that are on teams that tend to throw in the red zone or throw often uh, running backs who are three down backs, pass catching backs, as well as uh, goal line backs, a player like, um, you know, like Levy and Bell or uh, David Johnson. Those are two pretty uh, typical 
bell cow backs that no matter the game script, they're going to be on the field catching passes um, or running the clock out if uh, they have a lead. Wide receivers that that see a lot of targets. And actually in cash games, you kind of want, or personally, I, I like low depth of target. Um, so like a Jarvis Landry type guy, even though he's only going to get 70 to 80 yards at most, most weeks um, on a PPR site like DraftKings, those eight, 10 receptions are huge. Same thing for tight end. Um, and conversely for um, tournaments, you kind of want to have a little bit more of a ceiling built in. You want correlation, meaning you want to pair teammates or outcomes. So a quarterback and his wide receiver or a quarterback and his tight end or a quarterback and multiple pass catchers and then run it back with someone on the other team so that if it's a shootout, you're exposed to all those points. Um, a running back in his defense is also a popular correlation. And then you also, in those um, tournament lineups, you want to have um, contrarian, meaning uh, doesn't necessarily mean a bad play. A lot of people think contrarian means like you're, you're purposely choosing poor uh, players or players that don't have a really good shot. It's just players that aren't that are off the off the radar for that week. Like maybe Des Bryant kind of has a tough matchup and everybody loves AJ Green and Julio Jones at the same price cuz they have an easier matchup, but you just pivot to Des who's a great player just might not be as popular and then that'll give you some leverage on the field if he outperforms uh the guys that are near him in salary. Pat, this is Trey here. Um, I wanted to ask you a question as far as, um, you know, I, I did a little bit of DFS the beginning of the season and um, then just due to time constraints um, ended up kind of shying away from it. I, I won a little bit, lost a little bit um, and ended up kind of just going back to the dynasty, which I kind of know in my comfort level for someone like me, that's looking to maybe get into DFS a little more regularly moving towards next season. Who are, who are some of the guys other than yourself on Twitter or what's some content that you would recommend consuming to begin to learn a little bit more about the strategy and, and um, how to attack some of these DFS games? That's a great question. Um, just me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm a big fan of Adam Levitan. He, uh, that, He's actually an employee of DraftKings, a promoter that quote unquote for DraftKings. Um, and he does a podcast with Pete Jennings and Al Zeidenfeld. It's a really good podcast. Not only do they know what they're talking about, but it's very entertaining. Um, Levitan's like a, a real character. He's like OCD, um, talks about uh, just things in his life. And, and while you're obtaining the DFS part of it, you're also being entertained a little bit. Um, Rotoviz is really good too. There's a lot of guys over there. Um, the subscription there is really well worth it. And then I would probably say um, Chris Raybon and TJ Hernandez from four for four really know what they're talking about as well. So those would be my, my three go-tos. Um, Levitan, that's called the DFS edge pod. TJ Hernandez and Chris Rayvon on four for four. And then pretty much anything that Roanoke has puts out is, is definitely um, solid DFS content. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of, of Rotoviz and, and there's other resources you mentioned, but 
that's one of the reasons, Pat, that I wanted to reach out to you because I, I read your column each week and, 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 and it's solid. So yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big red of his, big red of his guy. Um, all right. I, you know, guys, we have, I think this, Pat, this has been a good, good overview of DFS. I don't know that we have any more specific questions. Do you have anything you want to add that you didn't mention anything that, um, whether you're new or someone that's been playing for a while that has, you know, moderate success, like what are some other, other keys that you could throw out for us? Yeah. And I, the one thing that I definitely want to say is even if you have like someone um, who's putting a few thousand dollars into play on a weekend, the way they break their, um, their game splits down, whether they're playing 80% in cash games and divvying that up between head to heads and 50 fifties, and then putting 20% of that into tournaments, someone who only has $50 to play each week or a hundred dollars to play each week, or even $20 to play each week, whatever it is, you could still play that way on a micro level, right? So you can put in, let's say it's $50, you could play $35 in cash games and $15 in tournaments. And though your return isn't going to be anything great, you could still grind out somewhat of a profit if you um, eventually um, learn the game and, and know what you're doing, follow the right people, do, do some good research yourself, uh, then you could kind of grind out a profit that way. If, if that's the way that you want to go about it. And, and, you know, based on the feedback you received, do you think most people that really put the time and effort into it, because it's obviously to be successful, just like with, with dynasty football or redraft, you, the more time you put in, the more research you do, the better you're going to be. I mean, do you find that people that put the time in, you know, tell you, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm making a little bit of money. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, I mean, the thing is like uh, we're all we're all looking at the same pool of players um dynasty people might be looking a little bit further into the future um dfs players might not have any glimpse of anything other than this week but when you think about it we're all playing fantasy football and if you know what you're talking about in from a dynasty perspective you you pretty much know the value of each player you're setting a lineup to play each and every week so I think that um, it, it's not like they're two completely foreign concepts. It's just you might have to get used to um, the idea of a salary cap and the idea of not really valuing. I guess this would be more advice for a dynasty player. Um, sometimes value is skewed uh, to players that are younger or players that may even be on their team or that they have heavily invested in. Like I know you said, you weren't uh, really on Juju Smith-Schuster coming in. And then um, he kind of ha has had a pretty good string of games. So then if that's if someone in Dynasty is all about Juju, like drafting them in, on their Dynasty teams, et cetera, you kind of don't want that bias to seep into your weekly fantasy rosters, which I could see it happening. So that's just something that you have to keep in mind. Um, you just have to kind of – your cognitive bias might um, – need to be uh, you have to be aware of it on a week-to-week -week basis very good uh, so pat james thank you for joining us once again uh, great guests great content great information uh you have uh, is it do you, you do a, at least a weekly column on rotovis right do you do you, um um so you've, you've got the do you do both the DraftKings and and fanduel uh column no, um, the the FF Ghost does the FanDuel write up. Um, I do the, I do the DraftKings write up. Yep. 
and you're at Pat James DFS. And thanks Correct. a lot. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. This was great. We really appreciate the time and this is great information. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks Pat. Thanks Pat. And now it's time to get into a little buy and sell. And we really need to come up with a better name for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we guys? <laughs> Taking bakes. Taking bakes. Taking bakes. Shaking moves, bakes. Moves and grooves. Shakes and bakes. Um, okay. So let's let's get serious here and let's talk about some buys or sells. Will, you're up first. What do you got for us? Oh man. Uh so Dynasty by right now the First person that came to mind in, in thinking about this is Dontrell Inman. If, if he hadn't been picked up yet, grab him. Even if he can redraft uh, with some injuries on the Chargers last year. But the, so over the last five weeks of the fantasy season last year, Dontrell Inman in a half point PPR was WR14. Uh, and, I, and I get that Keenan Allen wasn't there. It was a different team and things like that. But uh, it takes – you can't just be some terrible receiver overall in your life and put up these kind of numbers. And so if Inman's sitting out there and you have a team, you know, you need a wide receiver. If you're not going to play him this week, that's fine. Uh, but, but, but go to stash him on your bench, see what happens. Uh, you had a lot of things happening as I was going through like statistics from last year. Uh, the, the more I look at it, the more I'm interested in trying to grab these like, like hot fire wide receivers. Uh, so my number kind of one to, not number one overall, but just the one to start off that it's been mentioned on a lot of other places, but I don't think it's really ever been emphasized in dynasty or just the, just the value of your redraft league towards the end of the year is, is Dontrell Inman. He's also led the Bears in targets the last two weeks. Uh, Trubisky is at least a capable thrower, and they lost uh, the Bears lost their line one of their big their good linebackers. Uh, so I think they're like uh, what's what's his name? F- was it Fowler? No, not Fowler. Uh, Ryan, I'm, bl- I'm I'm actually blanking on his name. I can't. Trevathan, like Danny Trevathan, right? No, no. He only tried Floyd. to kill. Floyd. They lost Floyd. Yeah, Floyd. Uh, and he was playing really well. Uh, so, and, and the Bears had like a really sneaky good. Like, I never like to play my players against the Bears because you never knew what was going to happen. Either that, you know, uh, good things could happen, but also like you could have the Steelers game against the Bears. Anyway, long story short, they're going to have to start tar- start chasing points and Trubisky to start throwing more. And it's a uh, anyway. At, at the end of the day, is a uh, I'm grabbing in minute five spot on my roster, and I would not be shocked if when you make the playoffs that he could start for you and be like a good play. Yeah, it's interesting, and and you think that as Trubisky gets more comfortable, you know they're going to open up the offense, and, and as you point out, they're going to have to because yeah, their defense are all kinds of injuries on that on that you know on that defense, and um, I, I like that I like that take. What what do you think about that, Trey? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty neutral. I I can't say I I've not done a lot of looking into Dontrell Inman, so <clears throat> I can't um can't completely disagree. You know, I, I do think that there's some potential. I think long term the is the big question mark. You know, down the stretch, if it's if it's more of a move for down the stretch, I could see that, but I'd probably be more kind of neutral on uh on Inman. Yeah, I think for his price though, I mean what you could get him for, I, I don't think you're gonna have to pay a lot for for, <laughs> for Inman. Um so it's he's one of those guys that, that might be worth it based on the uh based on the price. So um, yeah, one of the things I look for these guys is I want low risk and high reward. And specifically looking towards the end of this year and a little bit beyond. He's, he's, he's just he's, – he'll turn 29 soon. Uh, but anyway, go get yourself a little Don Inman. Yeah, I, I'm going to talk about a, a guy that 
I, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of a high profile guy that maybe other podcasts talk about, but I want to discuss with you guys, Andrew Luck. Um, and, and the reason I want to talk about him as a buy is that I own him um, in the league and I was trying to shop him um, uh, for some other pieces and still kind of am trying to shop him. And I've just been amazed about like what I, what I get back. I'll make an offer and someone will be like, Oh, well that's, that's way too much for Andrew Luck. And, or, or just offers I get back the counters. I just, you know, it's like selling them for 25 cents on the dollar in, in a lot of cases. So, and I know that it's scary with a, with a guy like Andrew Luck, like the reports you've been reading that, you know, he may never be right, but there's a chance that he could return to, um, you know, you know, be one of those, you know, top three to five QBs. So I, I think he's an interesting guy to target and just to, just to kind of touch base with the guy that owns him. And whether it's a uh, contender that, that needs some other pieces or someone that's given up on him. Cause I think a lot of people have just written off Andrew Luck c- entirely because they're just, you know, he, had, he, he was supposed to play, didn't come back and people are nervous about the injury. And it's very possible that you make a deal for Andrew Luck and it blows up in your face. I get it, but he's a guy that could, is just tremendous. So I want to know what you guys think of Andrew Luck. If you own him, are you shopping him? Are you trying to buy him? What, what are your thoughts? Right. You want to go first? Yeah, I think that Andrew, so he's a guy that I don't own anywhere. I don't own him across any of my dynasty leagues. I know that for a lot of people, a lot of, um, and especially super flex, I guess one quarterback as well, but, you know, he was a top two or three right up there considered with Aaron Rodgers for the number one dynasty quarterback coming into the season. And I think that there's a lot of concerns right now. The I mean, that whole franchise is in just disarray. But I think, too, you see the value of a guy like um, Andrew Luck. And and I think the reason that they're having such a difficult time is because they're missing that talent at the quarterback position. So I think that he's a guy, if you can go out, if someone is souring, um, if your league, uh, the trade deadline has not passed, and you have a quarterback that can uh, help contribute to a, an owner, let's say that the uh, the team that owns Andrew Luck is still in the playoff hunt, or or maybe even a favorite for the championship, and and they've got Andrew Luck on their bench. If you can if you can throw them a quarterback that's producing um, and another piece to get Andrew Luck and upgrade to a potential you know top two or three dynasty quarterback, I think it's it's very worthwhile. I mean, if the price is right then I think, you know, all of a sudden Andrew Luck becomes a buy without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, last year, you know, 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns. Um, and, you know, he had a horrible offensive line then. And you, you got to think that the Colts are, are going to get get better. <laughs> I know that maybe not. It's, it's, a, it's an organization that's in disarray. But, uh, Will, what do you think about Andrew Luck? Yeah, I like, I like the buy. It depends what – you know, where you're selling and then how you're doing it and what your league makeup is. Superflex in 2QB, I think, be the best place to maybe try and go get him if somebody's a contender. It's hard with 1QB because it's just forgotten at this point of what Andrew Luck did. You know, he had uh, – I was just I was just clicking over here really quick. Uh, in 2014, you know, he had 40, he had 40 touchdowns, 4,700 yards, and was uh, – and then he had three rushing touchdowns, you know, in 273. He was – such he's just like that that kind of asset to your team is incredible to have and it just lost because the year after that he got injured was out and then 2016 you know he was good he was still like top tier 
But then this all this controversy started. Like, there's all this negative press basically surrounding Luck. And that Colts team is almost like – I feel like the Colts press has been, like, toxic to him. And he's had to try to figure it out. Uh, but you look at a guy, his, his kind of shoulder surgery, and a guy like Drew Brees has come back from it. And uh, I, I, think, I think Andrew Luck will come back. And I, I would believe in him. I'm totally in for the bye. It just depends what and where. But uh, if somebody came to me and was like, hey, you interested in Andrew Luck? And I'd be like, of course. Well, what, what do you need? And, and we'll go from there. Yeah, it's. I think you just have a conversation with Andrew Luck on there because you, you never know what they're going to be thinking, and and just the perception, just based on trying to shop him, is just so, you know, low. And I know people want to make deals, but I mean, these are like real lowball offers that someone would have to be really desperate. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them have been. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just taken aback by it. Um, uh, so Trey, what what about you? What, what's a buy for you? You know, before I jump into my first buy, I just want to piggyback because the phenomenon that you just mentioned is you were actually looking to sell him in one league. And I think this is a great opportunity to learn a lesson about dynasty in general. I think sometimes we individually value players in a certain way and the community as a whole, or maybe leagues we play in don't value them quite that way. I found the same thing with Allen Robinson earlier this season. I have one particular team where I'm a, a strong contender. I have some depth at wide receiver and I was looking to move Allen Robinson and I started kind of floating some trade offers. He's a guy that I still think very highly of. And basically people were like, I have no interest in Allen Robinson. Like the, the, the running backs or wide receivers they wanted to give me in return were like significantly lesser players. And so for me, it said, okay, well, not only am I not selling him in that league, but it made me think, well, let me go look and see if I can buy him in any of the leagues I don't own him. So I like that, that, you know, you kind of pivoted, you were looking to sell Andrew Luck and, you know, the fact that he was being so devalued by your league mates led you to think maybe I should be buying him in other leagues. So I think that's just a great point to, to kind of highlight. Um, anyway, so no, absolutely. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. Yeah. So while we're on quarterbacks, um, you know, if, if you don't play in super flex leagues, you're missing out. I mean, I, I think the only league from a dynasty perspective that I'm still in, um, other than, uh, you know, some experimental leagues or leagues with very unique rules um, is the Dynasty Ballers. Uh, shout out to uh, Keith there running one of the best Dynasty leagues I'm in. But this, this next guy I'm going to talk about is, like Will mentioned, in one quarterback leagues may not be as big of a buy, but in uh, two quarterback super flex leagues, I think he's a huge, huge buy opportunity. And that is one Patrick Mahomes. Um, Patrick Mahomes uh, was considered by many coming into this last season's draft process as the, the top or, or, you know, consensus top one or two um, draft prospect. And uh, I don't know, just as a re refresher, he was selected with a 10th overall pick. The Kansas City Chiefs traded up. They actually sent their first round draft pick last or um, next year. Uh, they also gave a third-round draft pick to to select him 10th overall. And I know that Alex Smith has been having a, a really good season so far, but I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the Kansas City Chiefs are in a bit of a free fall right now. The offense is not looking like that dynamic offense that we saw take down the New England Patriots in the opening game of this NFL season. Uh, they're just not producing the same results. There's even some whispers from the fans, I've read a couple articles where the fans in Kansas City are, are growing impatient and wanting Patrick Mahomes to get the start. I, I don't know that I see that happening, 
but you're talking about Alex Smith's due uh, almost $21 million next year. Whereas by cutting him, the chiefs, I don't think it costs them very much money at all. So I think that you're talking about someone who is likely to be the starting quarterback in an Andy Reid offense next season with weapons like Tyree kill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt at running back, Demarcus Robinson, who's a guy that I really believe in. Um, this is a guy that was really well thought of throughout the draft process. You know, people think, oh, well, just because you don't start as a rookie, you know, you must not be that tough. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't start as a rookie, right? So I think sometimes there's a benefit for these guys that come in really uh, talented that have the opportunity to sit behind a seasoned starter and kind of learn the ropes of the NFL. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, his last two years of college, not, I mean, he put up ridiculous numbers in the passing game, but his last two years of college, he put up 750 rushing yards and 22 rushing touchdowns. So you're talking about a guy that not, not only does he have a cannon of an arm, but he contribute in the, can contribute in the running game. Yeah, I, I like this take a lot. I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. You talked about his college stats. Uh, over the course of those, you know, the previous two seasons, he led all FBS players 77 passing touchdowns. If you look at the track record of Andrew Reid, who are the quarterbacks he selected in the first round? Well, it's Mahomes and Donovan McNabb. So he's in a good place with Andy Reid. He, he played in that spread offense in college. So he has a lot to learn, and, and he's learning it this year. He's in a great spot. And the Chiefs, Trey, alluded to, they gave up a tr- ton of draft capital. Their 27th overround pick this year, then a, then a third rounder, and then their 2018 first. So that's a ton to give up for this guy. So they, they see something in him. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I'm excited about him in the future. And you're right, because if, if people that drafted him as an afterthought didn't put a lot of thought into it, especially in the Superflex, they may be like, eh. Or someone that's a contender. And, um, you know, they, they want to, they, they need to move some pieces for other, other, other guys. Yeah. I like it. Um, I, I traded, um, one of my Mahomes shares to Will. So I think Will's a fan as well. Will, what do you, what do you think of Mahomes? Huge fan. Greatest quarterback ever, but only in that one league. No, uh, uh I like, I like Mahomes a lot. His future is bright. And you look at, so the, the person that drafted Mahomes in a super flex league was a contender anyway, because he wasn't going in the top 10 picks for the most part. Uh, and I could be wrong with your league and what was happening, but that person could be a contender this year. And let's say you have a, a person who has like a really kind of like cush schedule coming up. So you have a, uh, like an Andy Dalton, like, like you, do you think you would trade Andy Dalton for Patrick Mahomes? Oh yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, if, if I were out of it, if I were completely out of it um, and, and I'll give you a, for instance, you guys know you're in this league that I commissioned the league of ballers. Um, I made a trade with Jason Silva, and I think it really serves both of our teams very well. He's an, a contender. He's got a really solid roster, had some extra quarterback depth, and he um, read it, really needed an impact running back. I had Mark Ingram. I'm not really a competitor this year. I may s- s- sneak into the playoffs, but so I sent him Mark Ingram and a smaller piece, I think DeAndre Washington, um, and in return I got Pat Mahomes and uh, John Ross, who I really believe in and we've talked about as a buy. So that's a, an instance where, you know, for me, I like Ingram. I like him a lot. Uh, but for me to be able to add a, a guy like Mahomes, because in that particular league, my quarterbacks are Tyrod Taylor and Phillip Rivers. So a lot of uncertainty for the next couple of years. So to add a guy like Mahomes that I think has significant 
upside for the next 10 years. You know, I was, I was willing to give a guy like Mark Ingram who probably has a much shorter window. So, you know, there, there's some real opportunities out there to, to buy uh, a guy like Pat Mahomes. And we might see Mahomes this year towards the end of the year um, on Chicago radio. Mike Florio was on and, and he alluded to the fact that, you know, the fans are, are getting impatient and there may be some, you know, to some of that smoke, there may be some fire that, that we may see him. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes, a good guy to target, at least put some feelers out there and, and see what, um, you know, how much he would cost. Um, I mean, you know, you know, if Buffalo comes into Kansas city and they're struggling this week, the boo birds are coming out in that stadium. Yeah. Like with Andrew's play calls, like those, those, it's a loud stadium and, and you know, fans are a, fi- a fickle bunch. So yeah. I would, well, be, I would be, City, right? honestly pretty shocked if we saw Mahomes this year, just because uh, you, you look at the, the Chiefs and the way they've been with Andy Reid. Like they, they go on, like remember the year they won like what, like eight or nine straight to make the playoffs. Like they're a streaky team, so to win five and then be where they are now is not. I don't know. It just isn't a. I'm not, I'm not scared yet of buying the players and the Chiefs for for this year, but uh, Mahomes is just like his stats and you know, hopefully that tutelage and hopefully like you know Alex Smith at worst is super smart, uh, you know. And can teach yeah. about playing quarterback and being smart with his decisions. And then Mahomes will be like, well, I, yeah, but I can throw it 20 yards further in the same amount of time. So excited for it. I'd be much happier to see, you know, Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid's a, a regular listener of the Fantasy Joe. So, Andy, I know you're listening. Hey, man, you got a guy there named Kareem Hunt. I think he needs to be touching the ball a little bit more. Don't worry about Mahomes. You save him for next year. But Man, get the rock to Kareem Hunt about 22 or 23 times a game, and, and I think you'll be just right. Yeah, you're, and you're welcome. He actually goes by Randy Reed on the listener list, but incognito. <laughs> yeah, I think I just blew his cover. I'm sorry, man. I got a little sorry, excited. Randy, there. Randy, if, in case Randy. it's important to you. <laughs> All right, guys, let's pick up the pace on our, on our buys here. Um, Will, um, you know, let, let the listeners and, – and Randy Reed plays in a lot of dynasty leagues. People don't know about it. So who should you go out and buy next? <laughs> uh, the, the next one I was looking at was uh, Jarvis Landry is my next biggest one just because what a weird year for Jarvis Landry too with Jay Cutler coming in. He has six touchdowns. His previous high in his career uh, is, isn't six touchdowns like over – like in a whole season. His previous high was five, and that was his rookie season. Then he had four and four. Uh, as far as receiving touchdowns the, the next two years. So he hasn't had as many receptions. His targets are down. They might end up being higher than what they were before. I, I'm curious where he's going to end up, but I just don't feel like the, 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 the hype and the, the luster around Jarvis Landry is being like even a half-point PPR, uh, you know, you know like stalwart. Like he's such a good base almost all the time on your team, and you need that in Dynasty. You need those kind of guys that are going to get you constant points week in and week out. So you can, you can ride the highs and lows and you can still get wins. And uh, he's going to be my, my guess, my like best guess is he's going to be on a different team next year. And like, like, thank goodness, because get away from that Dolphins organization and get to get to a team that can use you even better than that, what they were doing. And uh, I, I really like Jarvis Landry's future. He's not like an exceptional athlete. He's not a, you know, his, his like physical prowess on the field doesn't, doesn't pop off, but he's a great football player. He's uber competitive. And he is, he's like a, he's basically like a, I could see him be like a Wes Welker for the rest of his career with, with slightly less touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Landry is just one of those guys that, that seems like he's just always um, underrated. Um, I, I just was looking at a couple of uh, 
spreadsheets from the offseason, a couple of auction drafts I was in, and it looks like, you know, that he he went for less than I thought he would in an auction. So I, I think he's just one of those guys that even despite his, his success that, yeah, we discount because he's not this most amazing athlete, but he just gets it done, right? He just He's just putting up these numbers. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that take. Um, and I, I wonder, Trey, what do you think about that? Do you think that he still is discounted, Landry, because people are unsure about his situation? Um, do you think people still feel feel that way? Because he's had some big games lately. So do you think people are starting to come around? So maybe he's not as good a buy as, as what Will is suggesting? Well, I, you know, to be honest with you, one of the things I've learned is um, I've made some great deals in the past where – uh, you just start conversations and then you find out where people are. So I think that you're spot on here. Will. I think that Jarvis Landry is a great buy. I think that uh, given the price, you know, I think you'll have to just feel out the uh, Landry owner in your leagues and, and see what he's willing to move him for. But especially um, if he's out of contention, looking to rebuild, maybe even, you know, throw it out there that there's a little uncertainty. You know, I, I think that it's worth inquiring about. I think Landry's the guy that I like. I mean, he, you know, if you look at historically how he compares to other players in their first three seasons as far as receptions, and he's starting to get in the end zone. That's been the biggest issue with Landry is he's not scored the touchdowns. But this year, that's starting to change a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I like that call. I'm looking, I'm looking quickly at a, a PPR dynasty ranking. Would you trade Devin Funches for Jarvis Landry? No, no. I mean, easy for me. Oh, in a easy heartbeat. For me. Yeah. That, How about Will Fuller? Oh, heartbeat. yeah. I, te- I would trade Will Fuller and yeah. Devin <laughs> for Jarvis Landry. Like, uh, without even thinking about it. Yeah, I was just, I mean, just, just, just glancing at it because I had it up for his, uh, you, know, you know, physical stats because I do really like the, the website, their profile and their, and their dynasty stats. It was Funchess and Fuller are 16, 17, and Landry's 20. And that's the... I think one of the best things you can learn about your league and what they're doing is try to figure out what websites they're going to and what kind of information they're feeding off of uh, and, and go from there. Like, is somebody a big CBS fan? Is somebody a big Yahoo fan? Is somebody a big ESPN fan? And figure out what dynasty ranks people are going off of and feed off that to what you want. You might not – there's no way you're always going to be right. But at the end of the day, you can make a decision that you want. You can get excited about your dynasty team and a long-term value pick. So I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and also trust your gut, you know, listen to, to, you know, us and other, other, well, maybe not listen to us, but um, no, no, seriously, just kidding. Uh, No, listen to, you know, all these resources, but make your own opinion. Like look at Adam Thielen, right? Like, you know, who, where was Adam Thielen going into this year with dynasty rankings? I don't, I don't even know, but it definitely wasn't where he is now. Right. So if you, if you believed in Adam Thielen after this year, after last year, you know, sometimes you just got to go with your gut. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go out and, and buy those guys you believe in. That's for sure. Well, I remember our first podcast when, when Scott Fish was on, I was like, oh, yeah, I just, uh, I just uh, you know, I got Thielen for a dollar while I was switching computers, and his mouth, like, hit the floor, and now he's crushing it. <laughs> he's, he's such a good receiver. Anyway. Yeah, and I sort of, you know, I made a joke. I should remind our listeners that we've given you some great advice. Uh, for example, I suggested you buy Will Fuller when he was worth nothing, and, not, not, and his value's probably gone down since then, but... Um, you know, we, we've, we've made some good recommendations. Uh, Trey has, has talked about Al, Al, Alvin Kamara since we, we started. Um, so, so where's the will take? Yeah, give us some credit. Uh, will talked Listen about to Ryan and Trey would be my suggestions. Will, will talked first. about Jay Cutler, uh, going into the season. <laughs> oh. 
I think QB one. I think I think I got Russell Wilson half right, but that wasn't that wasn't real. That was, that was the the pre prehistoric episodes. But at the end of the day, I think with trading and talking about buys and sells is like you got to do what's right for you, and you don't like if you feel like you're giving up a lot for something. At least, or, or just make somebody else feel like you're they're getting a lot for something. You don't need to win every trade in their eyes. Uh, you just got to feel good about what your opinions are. Yeah. No, you just need to win every trade in your eyes. That's like selling. It's like selling uh, Stefan Diggs and Matt Stafford and. <laughs> I've got a question for you guys, kind of along the lines of buys and sells, um, and I think maybe we have different philosophies on this. Um, do you ever make trades just to kind of develop your relationship with another owner? Like maybe it's a trade offer that you're kind of neutral about. Maybe you think it's kind of even, and you're kind of like, eh, I could go either way. I mean, do you think, well, maybe since this other owner made the offer. I'll accept it because I feel kind of neutral about it. like smaller trades. Uh, do you think there's some, there's some value in that and just to making trades that are kind of, kind of even just to, just to get that rapport going. I, I see you shaking your head there, Trey. Yeah. I, so if I were to be offered a trade from someone that was neutral to me, so they're wanting someone on my team that I'm not particularly feeling strongly about. Um, and they're offering me a pair player. I don't feel particularly strongly about. I usually will still try to counter offer. I'll go to their team and I'll see if there's someone that I like on their roster and see, because if they're sending me that trade, they must like who I have better than who they have. Otherwise they wouldn't go through. So I usually will try to counter, but if it push comes to shove, yes, I would for, because as you guys know, I make a lot of trades and and I make a lot of trade offers and undergo a lot of trade uh, discussions. And so any opportunity to, have discussions or make a trade. Um, I think, yeah, that that's, that's never a bad idea to improve your uh, trade relations with another owner or the league in general. And being a part of a lot of dynasty leagues too, I, I like to try to do some, like some counter trades to what my opinion was, or like, if, if it's not a strong one, but I think like, Oh, you know, I wouldn't got this guy in, in all my other leagues, but maybe I should sell him here just to see, because there's so much variance in fantasy football and what we're doing and we can, we can run the numbers as much as we want, but I'm not, I, I don't have a master's degree in statistics and I'm not, you know, spending 12 hours a day in a spreadsheet trying to figure this out. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I try to consume as much information as possible and make the right decisions. Uh, but it's, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I'm wrong a lot too. So I like to, I like to have some, some variance because that way you always feel like you win. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I'm of the philosophy that some people disagree with this is I like to look at my portfolio, so to speak, and have it kind of spread out across my team. So I don't want to own one person or one guy too heavily because I, I, I worry about that. Um, so, if, so if I own a guy in three of my leagues, then I, I start to think like, eh, is this a good thing? Do I want to trade this person? So um, we, we probably need to pick up the pace, although this is good. I think, I think talking about the strategy behind buys and sells is just as important as talking about specific players. Um, uh, so Trey, what, what about you? An- another buy. So I'm going to just go ahead and knock out both of my last two buys. These are guys that are, I think are super cheap for different reasons. Um, the first one is Sam Bradford. Um, I think a lot of people have forgotten about how effective Sam Bradford was last year playing up there in Minnesota. I mean, if you look at the – if you take the first game of this season, the last two games of last season, he averaged over 300 yards, like 325 yards. He threw for three touchdowns in all three games. So you're talking about a guy, he's 30 years old, 
the likelihood is with the way Case Keenum's playing and Bridgewater back, he's not going to be in Minnesota next year. But there are so many teams in the NFL that are in need of a quarterback. Yeah, it would not surprise me at all to see him get a starting gig in the NFL next season. And again, mostly here talking to super flex leagues, but there, I am in a super flex league right now where he's on the waiver wire. So I have gone back and forth about picking him up because I have a lot of depth in that league. But that's, this is just a, for instance, th- this is a guy that could be on your waiver wire in a super flex league. Um, and then the other guy is Chris Carson. He, this, this guy, you know, we talked about him on the podcast earlier in the season. He's a guy that I really liked and was buying into the hype in the preseason early on. He looked good. No, I mean, Russell Wilson is the leading rusher for the Seattle Seahawks. And you know who's number two in the, on the team? That's Chris Carson. He played four games, and he's the second leading rusher for that team. This is a guy that Pete Carroll just came out uh, in the last week or so and said he could return to the team in December. Even if he doesn't return this year, he, this is a guy I think that th- this is a franchise that is not going to spend a high draft pick based on their history on a running back. So he could be the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks next season. Uh, they already upgraded their offensive line, you know, trading for Brown from, from Houston. So uh, this is, uh, these are guys, Bradford and Carson, I think you can buy them fairly cheaply, if not off of waivers. And, and they're guys that could turn into real contributors for your team. Yeah, really good call. I, I, I'm, I'm high on Carson as well. I, I think he I, – I think I'll, I'll make a bold prediction here that in 2018 he's the starting running back of the Seattle Seahawks. And I'll take that. And um, with, yeah. with Sam Bradford, yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy I, – I have a league where I own him, a super flex league. And I've, I've contemplated dropping him because, you know, there are players on the waiver that could – waiver where they could help me now. But I, I haven't done it, but I've thought about it. Because you're right. I mean, I mean, and there are these reports about his his situation, you know, with with his his, his knees, I believe, right? I mean, all these surgeries yeah, and stuff knees. like that. So there's definitely a chance. There's a little yeah. bit of risk there, but for the price, you can get Sam Bradford. Yeah, I mean, why why not? Why not? Why not roll with that? Will any, any thoughts about Sam Bradford or uh, or Carson? Well, I think we're just seeing a Vikings renaissance. They're making Case Keenum a QB one this year, <laughs> just crushing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think Sam Bradford should not be in a wave wire in any Superflex league, especially Dynasty, because uh, you have a deep enough bench. Uh, Chris Carson, though, I, I mean, I, I, I think he's fine. I, I just don't see the – I don't see a high enough upside there for it to be valuable uh, overall. Like, like to, to, to pay something – like, what, what are you guys thinking? Like, you're going to buy Chris Carson, what are you buying him for? So, Chris Carson, for me, I, he's not a guy right now that I'd pay a first for. If I were a contender – or even if I were middle of the road, I would probably. Chris Carson. That's a hold up CC. Am I muted? Yeah, you muted yourself. <laughs> let's, let's, start, let's start that again. No, I. Classic Chris you, Carson mute. Just can like you hear season. me right now? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. You just you couldn't, couldn't hear what I was. Sentence. No, wait, we heard you. Oh, well, you guys were making these signs on the, Chris? On the screen. I was like. Wait, wait, Chris. Carson. This is great audio for a podcast. This is how <laughs> public service announcement limit your alcohol intake while recording podcasts. Hey, I was like dying trying to fall asleep last week and you guys kept me up. So this is the payback. Hey, all right. Listen, Chris back, Carson, Chris Carson, second round pick. I'd send a second for him. Yeah. I was going to say my value for him is a second too. 
Um, and I, I'd probably send a high second for him. I, I mean, I really do believe in Chris Carson. I, so, yeah, um, me too. no, he's, he's, he's great. I, I mean, I mean, we'll see. It could, it could backfire, but I, I'd risk a high second round pick. That's a kind of a dart throw for Chris Carson. I'm just curious where like the big benefit is. Like he's, he played five games in the NFL. He, he racked up 93 yards against the Niners uh, on the Seattle, like, like basically, you know, almost like dumpster fire of a running back. Like McKissick is going to be your starter for this team now. And it has some good fantasy value. Uh, I just don't, I just don't trust where Chris Carson's future is at the moment. Uh, and, and it's just, it might just be my, my hunch or, or what, what uh, you know, what I personally think, but uh, if I, I sold Chris Carson and I do think he has value. And I think if you want him, just go get him. Like I sold him for relatively cheap uh, in the deal. But uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, you know, a second round pick could turn into, I've been in leagues where a second round pick was Alvin Kamara, and I would rather have that upside of that player that I'm choosing versus Chris Carson. Yeah, I agree. But the, the only thing is a guy like Alvin Kamara in the second round is, uh, you know, the, the hit rate for those picks in that range are significantly, significantly lower. So I would say, I mean, one thing I, one caveat is I'm beginning to realize, and this is a little bit of a, you know, um, public service announcement, I guess, for our listeners. I went back and looked this past season at dynasty leagues that I was in that are super flex. And believe it or not, none of the rookie quarterbacks went before like the 11th or 12th pick. Most of them didn't go to the middle of the second round. Uh, Deshaun Watson, for instance, in many um, leagues that I'm in Superflex were was not taken until 201, 203, 205. So just as a reminder to you guys, if it's a Superflex league, I don't know that I'd give an early second for Chris Carson because you might have the opportunity to capture – a quarterback that could end up being a major contributor there for you. So it seemed like the quarterbacks in the leagues I was in, uh, at least from a super flex um, position was uh, the quarterbacks went a lot later than I expected that they would. Yeah. It wasn't a super, it wasn't a super hot quarterback class. I feel like with Deshaun Watson, so much was made about his arm strength uh, and his throw velocity. But at the end of the day, like if you trusted in your own opinion about him, uh, I mean, you've won probably like five games on the back of Deshaun Watson this year. And you have a bright yeah. future. Well, no, but I mean, he was the first quarterback taken. That's what I meant. Like, it, it wasn't – I'm not just trying to pick pick the one quarterback that ended up being this outstanding. I mean, guys like Mahomes weren't going to the end of the second round. Kaiser was going – I mean, so you're talking about not just Watson, but all of the rookie quarterbacks. You know, Trubisky was going later. I, I mean, there weren't many quarterbacks in this class – that were going in the first round of rookie startups. Um, I'm sorry, rookie drafts. And that's even in a super flex, um, super flex uh, league. So just something to think about. Yeah. It's, I just, just for just, you know, taking a small sample size, I just pulled up this 2015 dynasty rookie mock draft um, on, from dynasty nerds. And I, I think this kind of gives Will some ammunition for not wanting to give up a second. Because, I mean, it's all over the board with second round picks. So this particular year, their mock draft, 201, David Johnson. So that's – you'd rather have David Johnson. 202, Duke Johnson. Uh, but then 203, Jalen Strong. 204, Chris Conley. 205, Max Williams. 206, Philip Dorsett. Uh, 207, Marcus Mariota, non-Superflex League. 208, Devin Funches. 209, Sammy Coates. 
210, uh, Tyler Lockett, 211, Devin Smith, and then 212, Jay Ajayi. So it goes to show you that you know, the second round picks can be valuable, but you know, they're also kind of, they're really either hit or miss, huh? And I, like, I think you're that's wrong, wrong way more than you're right in these rookie drafts, you know? Yeah. And that's where I think I'd rather have a guy like Chris Carson who has proven through training camp, through preseason, and through the first few weeks of the NFL season that uh, Pete Carroll wanted him over Eddie Lacy, over Thomas Rawls, over CJ Procise. Chris Carson was the guy that won that starting job based on what he was doing on the field. And so that's why, you know, this isn't hype. This isn't draft capital. Um, I mean, he was a late, late draft pick. So, I, you know, I, do, I just think that he's a guy. And, and, and Pete Carroll has basically come out and said that he's excited and hoping that Chris Carson can make it back to the field because I think he's envisioning Chris Carson being able to do something for their running game that Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls haven't been able to do. And so he's thinking playoffs. And I and so I think Chris Carson's a guy that could come in here in December and maybe not in the fantasy playoffs, but in the real life playoffs um, for the Seattle Seahawks, really solidify their running game and earn him earn him a starting position in 2018. So, so, um, so uh, Chris Carson or CJ Process are you taking on your team right now? <laughs> I would take I would take Chris Carson. Uh, yeah, how about McKissick? Um. You know, that's pretty close for me. I probably would still stick, at least in half PPR formats, I probably would still stick with Chris Carson because oh. I think that J.D. McKissick is a guy that um, has some – in full PPR, it probably lean more toward McKissick. I'd still go Carson in, in, in both formats myself. That's just See, me. I'm all, I'm all in on the, the now running back in the Seattle Seahawks. That's what Carson was. That's what, that's what Rawls was. They're not these, like, overly coveted athletes. They're just in a high-powered offense of what the, the Seahawks are. Now that their defense is worse, they're not going to be able to run the ball better. I feel like when Car- Carson not grinding through, like he's not you know, running up the middle and, and, and gashing teams for yards and things like that. It's going to be in the passing game where the running back has their value. I think McKissick has flashed some, some good skills there. And yeah. if some of them stay healthy, I'd rather have that than, than the, the whatever upside Carson has. I just don't see I, – I, I just don't fully buy into it. Like – uh, I would rather have the the now running back for the Seahawks and the future running back for a team that, that builds running backs better than what they do. Yeah, well, he so Chris Carson averaged 4.2 yards a carry. The other two running backs, which are no small names, Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls, 2.6 and 2.7 yards per carry behind the same offensive line. So Chris Carson performed noticeably better than either of those two running backs. So I, 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 J.D. McKissick right now is basically getting some playing time because they've abandoned the running game. They, they're trying – Russell Wilson is their leading rusher on the season. But their second leading rusher for the season, the Seattle Seahawks, is Chris Carson, who played four, not even four full games. So, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that if he comes back, he's going to be handed the starting – I think if Chris Carson comes back, McKissick goes by the wayside. He may, he may get some, some, some play, maybe, you know, 15, 20% of the snaps. Um, but I think that, and, and the other thing is hearing Pete Carroll talk about how Chris Carson, his excitement about having him back in the lineup for their, you know, stretch playoff run is, you know, and again, we're just guessing here, but. So we should probably move on from, from Chris Carson, a lot of Chris Carson talk. 
before we get into like lightning round buy and sell, uh, Will, I, I think you wanted to make an observation about um, some wide receivers and, and, you know, we're going into the, the stretch run for the playoff runs and then the playoffs themselves. So, so what, what do you got for us? Well, this is something I, and I was looking up for this episode today because we're, we're over halfway through the year and, and how fantasy championships, championships are won and dynasty and redraft and everything like that. It's time to forget like how things happen. So I was looking up stats from last year from weeks 12 through 16 and even weeks 13 through 16. But uh, to look at it last year, if you look at a player, let's take JJ Nelson, who wasn't on anybody's radar really before that. I mean, he had some flash plays, but those last, those last five weeks of the year, he was wide receiver nine. Uh, Tyreek Hill, as a rookie, was wide receiver four. Deshaun Jackson was wide receiver five. Adam Thielen was wide receiver six. Uh, and Golden Tate was wide receiver seven. So they all outperformed a player like Antonio Brown at the end of the year. And these are what your teams, like, on an average and per game basis, like, these guys won you championships. They won you championships redraft and dynasty. It's to not – don't uh don't undervalue the the flash players that are that are you know are, like coming up on their team like Cameron Meredith last year uh, he had a great end of the season he won people's fantasy championships on the Bears which was you know no, no, no offense Ryan but they, they were terrible uh, you know and uh, no offense taken <laughs> it just is the way it works like Cameron Meredith in the last five weeks of the year in the fantasy playoffs outscored Antonio Brown that's a huge deal when it comes to these end of the season trades and moves and things like that not to say that. You're moving Antonio Brown, but just the idea that, like, if you're going to give up, like, would you give up a second round pick for a fantasy championship? Just keep that in mind uh, before your trade deadline and the players that you believe in and you're willing to take a guess on. I like it. I like it. Um, why don't we get into lightning rounds, buys or sells? There are a couple more guys that we want to mention. I, I've got uh, one or two I'd like to mention in terms of sells, but. Um, well, Trey, any guys we, we, we need to mention before we get into our hot, bold, spicy takes? I'm all buys. Craig, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all excitement here. All right. I'm the championship. Chirp, chirp. Yeah, I was just going to – just one point in terms of cells, just to mention one. Um, Trey talked about how he, he, he uh, unloaded Mark Ingram. And I think a guy like Mark Ingram is kind of a sell because I, you know, it's just an important reminder this time of year. And if you're not a contender, that is, um, he turns 28 this month or, or excuse me, next month. <clears throat> and, um, you know, you even take out the health out of the equation. Um, Austin Lee at Austin NFL did this uh, uh, pro football focus article about the decline of running backs. And it, 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 you should Google it and look up the article because it talks about how there's this dramatic and consistent decline after age 26. And I know there are exceptions to that rule. Um, Adrian Peterson comes to mind, like a guy like Frank Gore. But, you know, running backs don't have the longest life in the world. And a guy like Ingram is 28. So if you're not a contender, I know next year he's probably going to have a good year. There are no guarantees with injuries. You know, think about that with your running backs, these guys that are studs that are like in their late 20s. If you're not a contender, try to shop those guys because they're going to decline sooner rather than later. And, and it's, it's hard not to look at stats from this year and think, Oh, they're going to be great. But uh, I, I did just a kind of a, a PSA that I, I think that some of these older guys, um, you know, think about, think about selling. So um, I think with that, are, are we ready to get into our hot, bold, spicy takes? I'm losing my voice with the sinus infection. guys. So, well, like uh, McCoy and those guys too, like McCoy's having a great season. But he's getting old and long in the tooth, and that Bills team is not very trustworthy at the moment. 
it's those kind of guys that you, if you're not contending, you probably sell them out for as high as you can. Well, and I think that's where it depends on where you're at. You know, like you said, if you're not contending, yes. You know, those are those are the guys. I actually tried to buy LaShawn McCoy today on a team where, where I'm contending, um, seriously Amen. contending. And, uh, you know, I, I was willing to try and uh, send Jay Ajayi. I think the offer I sent was Jay Ajayi for LaShawn McCoy and John Ross. And uh, we just ran out of time. But, you know, I, I think that there's some, some moments <laughs> where on that particular team, like Jay Ajayi is like my fifth running back. So, uh, you know, I think there's, there's instances where those guys kind of become buys. Um, but, yeah. I think they definitely serve a great purpose. It's just the idea of, like, evaluating. It's self-evaluation. But, you got to uh, get that title. I think it's, it's going to be the separate, second episode in a row where, if I could turn back time. <laughs> once no, again I, you, you public service Thank announcement you. if you're listening to this podcast and your league's trade deadline has already passed you need to drop a line to the uh, commissioner and say listen we need to move the trade dead trade deadline back a week move it back two weeks trade deadline can basically end right before the playoffs but don't forget about those late pickups in redraft, too. Like that, that year that somebody picked up David Johnson in the fantasy playoffs two years ago and crushed it. Or uh, what's his face for the Saints? He won me a, he won me a fantasy championship. Uh, Timmy Hightower? Tim Hightower. All the touchdowns in the championship game. Like it just is, there's so much variance in fantasy football. It's amazing uh, all the time. So don't just, I don't know, just keep, pay attention and, and, and go with uh, – your gut because that was the CJ Spiller Timmy Hightower and I grabbed Hightower and said Spiller and uh you know that's how you win yeah that's how you well, win well well I think dad's wanting to get to the uh spicy takes <laughs> indeed I'm bringing the heat tonight uh, indeed I do <laughs> so let's do it guys Let's get into these hot, bold, spicy takes. I think you know how it works. You know, we've got, we've got five levels. We've got banana pepper. Let's see if Will has one of those tonight, as he did last <laughs> week. We've got jalapeno. We've got habanero. We've got ghost pepper. And then finally, we have Carolina Reaper. Yeah. Um, so based on the level that, that two of the Joes assigned to the other Joe, that's how we do the, the points. Um, and if we look at um, last week, um, I believe that – I was the only one to uh, get on the board. Pardon me. That was a milk take on there. I think in the show notes. Uh, oh, yeah. which one was that? The, the Blaine Gabbard Blaine top Gabbard, 12 QB. Top 12 milk. I have ink down habanero, my friends. So um, I, I actually need to go back and recalculate because we had that, that bye week where we're at, but, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm in the lead. It's like twenty something to three to two. <laughs> Wait, we so, haven't had the discussion about the final take either. It's over. I think you get points for at this point. No, well, no. I think so. I think actually, well, you have some points coming to you. Uh, we'll go back and look at this and tell you the points because uh, we had that three-way bet between Drake, Marshawn Lynch, and Darkwa, and I think yeah. you you won that bet. I think that Marshawn was a a top 15 running back. So I think you get three points for that if memory serves. Um, but um, yeah, one of the big debates is you made a take, um, Will, about Deshaun Watson saying he wasn't going to be like a top 12 QB. And then he got injured. 
And we never resolved that. You know, what, what do we do? Because yeah, obviously he wasn't a top 12 QB because he didn't play because of injury. So, so my, my, my lesson learned from that is one, uh, and I almost did it tonight. And I denied myself from doing it. I'm no, I, I'm no longer going to do negative takes from here on out. <laughs> I don't want that karma sitting on me that I said he wasn't going to be a top 12 QB and then he hurts his leg. But I also think I deserve the points. All right. Um, judges? We'll talk about it and bring you back next week. But yeah, well, we'll, uh, so that's I'm, the I'm going excited, hot, spicy takes for fun. No more negatives. All right. So let's, let's get into some hot, bold, spicy takes. Um, uh, Will, why don't you lead us off? Why don't you lead us off with your first hot, bold, spicy take of, of this week? So... I don't know if you guys know, but Joe Flacco hurt his back or whatever, squatting the world uh, in, in, right before the preseason and couldn't practice the team and was kind of getting things ready. And, uh, you know, last year, him and Mike Wallace were quite the connection. So this week, I'm going Joe Flacco and Mike Wallace and a half point. PPR both finishes top eight at the positions. Did you say top eight at the positions? Yeah, I think you did. Hmm, who did the? Who did the? <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm fading, guys. So if Michael um, goes down with an ACL, I get this, but you know, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so who are the uh, Ravens going against? They're going against Houston. It's There's no at, buys. It's at home. Um, they're eight point favorites. Um, uh, you know, I, I think this is a pretty hot take because. I own Flacco in a league and, and the guy, regardless of matchups, he's, he's been pretty bad this year. Um, like even look at like last week with the green Bay. I mean, that was a pretty good matchup for him. And I know the weather conditions weren't the best, but what do you have like one touchdown pass? So I think saying he's a top eight QB is quite bold. So, and, and with Mike Wallace. Uh, so I, I, I would, you know, I'm thinking ghost pepper territory, Trey, what, what about you? I'm willing to go full Carolina Reaper. I don't think that – I don't know that – I bet if we look back that Joe Flacco has probably not even been a quarterback one this season one time. And yeah. Mike Wallace, I would wager, has probably not been a wide receiver one once this season. So for them both to hit – I mean, they're playing the Texans. It's at home. They're favored by a touchdown. But the way that the running game right now is working for – like I just – I mean, if if you call Joe Flacco and Mike Wallace both to be top eight at their position, I'm all in. I'll give you all this points. This is their week. Kara, Lina, Reaper. I like that you got – it gets tacked up about it. Wasn't, oh, yeah. The Ravens suck. I meant to I meant it to be Carolina Reaper because this is, it, Joe, yeah. this is Joe, Joe Flacco's week. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I traded away – Matt Stafford in the league, and I also have Joe, Joe Flacco in a, in a two QB or, or in Superflex. But, uh, you know, sometimes it takes some game time to get caught up to speed. And that, that nasty catch by Mike Wallace, I think Joe Flacco just start throwing bombs all over the place to Mike Wallace. Plus, Ryan, I feel like that with Ghost Pepper, that Will might have whined a little bit. So. <laughs> but I like it. No, we're definitely locked in. I no, think I'm just kidding. It's I mean, this is hot. This is yeah, super, this is super hot. hot. This is probably one of the hottest takes we've had in the last several weeks. So, I, I, I mean, if he hits this, he can have five points. No question. I, I think he get like 30 points. 
completely willing because to I've gotten all my all my Carolina Reaper takes right. All right, Trela. So let's go to your next one. I feel good so, about it, though. I feel good about it. Anyway, sorry. No, it's interesting. It, it it's. I mean, it's a good matchup anyway. But man, he's just been so bad even against the good matchups. And Wallace is. You know, you know, what are you gonna get from Wallace? We'll we'll find out. I, it's a great take. Trey, what about you? You you got a QB? I think uh, for your first top bolt spicy take, right? I do. Yeah, and this is a quarterback actually picked up off waivers in a couple different super flex leagues. Paxton Lynch. Is going to get the start this week for the Denver Broncos. They're going up against the Oakland Raiders. And I know that, you know, your your tendency is going to be to say, well, the uh, Oakland Raiders' pass defense is nothing special. Um, but I, I'm, I'm saying that Paxton Lynch is going to be a top 15 quarterback this week. Um, currently on ESPN, you know, they have estimated him to score 13 points. Um, and have him as the quarterback 25. So, I mean, I didn't feel like this was, you know, Carolina Reaper territory, but, you know, I, I feel like, as Will already mentioned, there are no buys this week. So you've got all your top quarterbacks playing this week. There's some, you know, some some pretty juicy matchups across the league. So I think it's a, a pretty big stretch for him to be top 15. Uh, but I, I just think that shaking things up for Denver, I think that there's an opportunity there for Paxton Lynn. This is the, he's really getting a shot. So I think against all odds, if you will, I think the Paxton Lynch, um, you know, channels a little bit. Uh, there's a, they're making a change there at the offensive coordinator. Um, so I, I think that he, I mean, top 15 is, you know, obviously yeah. these are hot takes, you know, so. But yeah, no, that, that is, that's, that is. My, that's my call. Paxton Lynch to, to be a top 15 quarterback this week. Yeah, I mean, a good matchup, but once again, I, I mean, I'm I'm like at least Ghost Pepper territory with that because I've I've seen him him play, and I don't think he's terribly impressive. Um, so I, I you know, he's coming off of an injury. So yeah, I mean, I'm probably at, at you know Ghost Pepper level at least. What, what about uh, what about Will, who is holding up a cat right now? What do you think? What is your uh, cat thinking? I, I like Ghost Pepper. This is Ava. Hi, Ava. Was Hi, my Ava. wife's cat <laughs> went to Arizona State and lived there. And she's been with, been with the family for a while. She, I don't know how she got out here, but we so sent her away. So where are you on the take then again? I like it. Uh, actually, actually how, how awesome would it be if Paxton Lynch crushes it? I'm more excited. Like, I think Ghost Pepper's a good rating. I'm totally in for that. I want to get more excited about the idea of it's not Trevor Simeon starting for the Broncos. And some dude who yeah. can actually throw it downfield and – just throw like, like Tim Tebow, I think, made Demarius Thomas a WR1. So, like, yeah. let's get it together, Broncos. And uh, if Paxton Lynch just lights it up and just turns it around because uh, – uh, what's, uh, what's his name? He's been, he's been catching a lot of flack lately. And I just would like – I like when the Broncos are good because it's a fun, excited team. And I also don't like it when my teams play them because they typically injure their wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I just want the Broncos to return to prominence as far as like being relevant, and I hopefully, hopefully Paxton Lynch takes them there. But yeah, Ghost Pepper at the end of the day. All right, locked into Ghost Pepper. So mine, I'll just go with the QB since you guys are going with the QB. So in mine, I'm going to have to hedge my bet a little bit. Hopefully, you guys will let me. Um, I want to say the San Francisco starting quarterback will be a top 15 QB. Um, they're going against the Seahawks. I'm hoping it's going to be Jimmy G. Um, but if not, I'm going to have to go with the Iowa product if he starts the game and go with that. So the San Francisco QBA top 15 quarterback against the uh, definitely weekend Seattle Seahawks defense. What do you guys think of that? Trying to get us another QB take. 
against a weak defense at home. Hmm. I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Have an arrow just because. I I think they already announced Beathard starting, but I still think that's a pretty bold take. Yeah, I just, I just looked and and I I th- they're non-committal about the starter at least according to uh, World right now. So uh, yeah, so so I, I don't know, and it, it does sound like Beathard's going to start, but, but yeah, I I, I just thought eh, QB take so, so top fifteen. So Trey, what do you think of that? Yeah, I I would agree. I'd say Habanero. Um, as well. And I think that, um, you know, Bethard has that um, running ability. I do think Seattle's, you know, if this game were in Seattle, I think that I would probably be more inclined to ratchet up the heat a little bit. Um, You know, I don't think that San Francisco has any um, home field advantage per se, but, you know, just not being in Seattle, I think that's a really difficult place for a, a quarterback I mean, we saw, you know, Matt Ryan go in there and, and have some success this last week, but Matt Ryan is on a different level than these guys were talking about. So the fact that it's in San, San Francisco, I'm on board with Will. I think um, I think the Habanero probably would be – if it were Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, if the take were Jimmy Garoppolo to be top 15, I'd probably be more inclined to go a little hotter. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see how Jimmy Garoppolo does. I think that we have seen – quarterbacks look really really good um in uh new england and you know i think the talent level in san francisco versus new england is uh eh, maybe not the same but anyway habanero all right habanero it is i think it's a good take i think it's fun uh like that's a you know the seattle's coming down it's probably cheaper to go to that game than it is to go to the game in seattle at the moment because san francisco's so bad probably take a flight and get tickets Cheaper than it is to go to the Seahawks stadium. So <laughs> give me some fans cheering down there, I promise. All right, so I gotta I'm gonna throw out an offer to you guys here since we all have talked quarterback. Will with a little bit of an advantage since he's confident in the top eight finish. We're gonna do a grab bag of shame bet if you guys are in. Will's gonna take Joe Flacco. Ryan's gonna take CJ Bethard or the San Francisco starting quarterback. And I'm taking Packton Lynch. Whoever wins is clean. Two losers going into the grab bag of shame. You guys in? Uh, oh, absolutely. I'm in. Well, perfect. So, Put so it down. We should talk about the grab bag. So this is something that's still under development. This is something we talked about um, in our pilot, you know, un- un- unaired pilot episodes. The grab bag of shame is, is that it's going to be a bag where we're going to have to pull something out and, and do something embarrassing if, if we lose. Um, but I think, I think, you know, Trey, what do you think for this, for this week? Should we, what, what are we going to do? Cause we, we haven't really established it yet. Yeah, we can. We'll, uh, you know, we can, uh, you know, uh, in honor of our, uh, the podcast that I think all of us kind of cut our teeth on listening to the fantasy footballers, we can use the uh, wheel of water. So, grab bag of shame and uh the two losers pay out by spinning the wheel of water yeah i think for the future there's going to be things like uh etching a line into your eyebrow and other (laughs) uh i mean that's kind of the high end but uh that's why it's a grab bag and then we will physically have a bag where these these options are pulled out of and and, you know i think it's uh you know kind of change things up 
and but this this option at the beginning is we all pulled the wheel of water for our punishment. That's right. So let's go, Joe Flacco. Well, you Mike guys Wallace. have. You guys Three have. Tutties. I haven't. Go San Francisco QBs. Wait, do you get it's just <laughs> one individual QB at the end of the game, not the total QB score? No, no. Team. Like if someone gets injured and someone else comes in, no. It's it's whoever starts the game. What if they both go down? They sign Hoyer mid-game, and he throws like three touchdowns to Godwin or Goodwin. That would be pretty amazing. That would then be Ryan wins. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So let's get into our, our second round, our final hot, bold, spicy takes of the week. So, Will, what's your final hot, bold, spicy take of the week? You had a real hot one to start us off. Do you have another one? Well, so it changed a little bit. As we were talking DFS strategy and things like that, and – I have a really hard time not doing homer takes when it comes to the University of Iowa. But this guy has been on the practice squad for the, the Washington Redskins, so he knows their playbook. He knows what they're doing. They signed Byron Mac- Maxwell off of the Eagles, and he does have some uh, better like college pedigree for sure compared to, to LaShawn. But uh, I feel like LaShawn's going to go out George Kittle uh, for like uh, what, what he did for the, the Niners that weekend. Uh, I, I think LaShawn Daniels is going to be a top 20 running back this week for the Washington Redskins because he's taking over that uh, he's taking over the, the pass catching role there and, and the Giants if, if they're any, if they're good at anything it's it stops in the middle on the run so I'm uh, I'm just kind of going on with him here it's fun for me it's it's a person that uh, I watched playing in college and I watched playing a very efficient passing offense on the University of Iowa and I think he's a better player than what he's given credit for so let's give uh, let's see what let's see what he can do mm, Sean Daniels Top 20, half point PPR, <laughs> running back. That's ridiculous. That's rid- <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're overcompensating for the, the, the milk take of last week or what we gave you a banana pepper. Uh, yeah, this is fairly, which is horrible this, anyway. He, he didn't finish like a top 12 running back. This is fairly straightforward. This is Carolina Reaper. No question. Take part two for, for Will. No question. Like we can just move on. That's clearly Reaper status. That's, that's probably the most Reaper take that we've had all year. <laughs> Swinging for the fences. I like it. Get, getting back in it. Like you know, the extra fences. Like this. <laughs> like I think Washington, I think Washington is more likely to call plays specifically that don't require a running back to be on the field than to get LaShawn Daniels more than like five snaps. That's just me. Who, who else are they going to pass to? Everybody's, oh. everybody's banged up. They're going against the Giants. They got good quarterbacks. The Giants no, are rejuvenated. No, oh. no, no. I mean, I don't think Vernon Davis is playing. I'm, I'm kidding. No, he's playing. Yeah, Vernon Davis, Josh Doxson, Ryan Grant, uh, Ryan Liverhood. Should Sean Davis I mean, Jr. <laughs> uh, I want. I want to show respect to the senior. I think um, I, I literally think they they would rather line Samaj P. Ryan up in the slot, as ridiculous as that sounds, than a guy that two days ago was on the practice squad. <laughs> all right but i love the take though it's yeah, so great I mean, and yeah, if you man. hit that's like the take Reaper. of the year well so yeah. i was gonna go i was gonna go uh, uh byron maxwell but daniel's been with the team longer uh and his best comparable on player profile is jonas gray who one year knocked me out of the playoffs with his four <laughs> touchdowns so uh according to that oh, and man. and that estimation he's gonna crush it yeah all byron right, maxwell would have been a milk take so Good call. <laughs> Trey, Trey's got a got a good one to, to for your last take. Uh, Trey, what do you got? All right, I, I feel like I saved my hottest 
take for last. And obviously um, any of the three of these guys to, to do this, it would be nothing unremarkable because all three of these guys have been uh, pretty remarkable, but I'm going to pick three running backs all from the same game that I believe will finish in the top six running backs this week. And that's Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara. So I'm saying that those three guys from one singular game will finish all in the top six among running backs. Wow. That, I mean, on one hand, those guys should all have great weeks, right? In terms of their projections. I mean, are they all, um, you know, like top 10 guys? Yeah, I think, I think the lowest ESPN, I think ESPN had Kamara either ninth or 10th. Um, I think ESPN had Gurley and Ingram both in their projected top six. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you're accounting for is those one or two, as we've talked about, those one or two, you know, three touchdown performances by, you know, some random, you know, there's a running back that gets 10 carries for 30 yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, for all three of them. And and again, not, not only, you know, just a reminder that there's no buys this week. So, you know, all of your, all of the top running backs in the league are, are in play this week. And um, so. All right. So according, according to fantasy pros, you're taking chalk here because Gurley's two, Ingram's three, Mara's six. And this is what I got harped on super hard last week for. Well, but you uh, picked one guy. I'm talking three. <laughs> this is three. This is three guys. I'm, I'm basically calling my shot on three of the top six running backs in a given week. That's a lot different from saying – a guy who's projected. So I'm going to go consensus top ranks are going to are going to be the consensus top ranks. Yeah, all three of them though. That's the difference. Yeah, I think this is this is quite hot. I mean, with with those three. I mean, not not like Carolina Reaper because of the fact that they're all projected to be in the yeah, ballpark. Yeah, but I think no, you're I mean, at least, you're at the very least Habanero, if if not Ghost Pepper. But but Will seems to disagree no. with me. No, I'm I'm in for Ghost Pepper. All right, Ghost Pepper it is. I just wanted to get angry about it because of last week. <laughs> but, I mean, like, to me, I mean, like, I get it. Like, it, I just want to say that they were chalk picks. And top six isn't that great because they're all projected to be top six. But I really doubt it. I actually think the – actually, my, one, of, one of the things I, was, I wanted to think uh, – I want to say tonight was I actually wouldn't be shocked if the, if the Rams don't completely, like, try to sell up on the run against the, the Saints and make them beat them in the pass, like, all game – and I think Kamara could be up there. I'm just curious how it's going to go because McVay has been such an interesting coach for the Rams. It's been such a fun team to watch. Uh, that's going to be such a good game. You know what? My secondary – I literally was going to put this first, and I felt like I was just – it was my heart and not my head um, instead of this take because of Robert Woods' struggles. And uh, the uh, Lattimore, the cornerback, the promising young cornerback for the – I think he's like PFF's fifth or sixth rated cornerback in the NFL this year is not going to play. Um, With questionable was, right now. I looked at I the was, status. But. Nah, yeah, he, I don't think he's playing. So I was going to go Sammy Watkins for breakout game number two of the season. I, I think this could be a Sammy Watkins 100 yards, two touchdown game. Wouldn't, would not shock me one bit. Wow. Um, that was, that was going to be my hot take, but I thought, what if, well. What if Cooper Cup just goes ham for like 200 and three touchdowns? No, nah, that's not happening. Sammy Watkins coming. I'm telling you, get him in your lineups. I'm going to put him in my League of Ballers lineup. 
Yeah, last yeah, I'm going to play where I have him. He's he's good at he's good at catching passes. <laughs> Sometimes when he's they, they just got to target him. If they, that's the, the whole thing. I mean, yeah. his that's I, his I, whole I, problem. He's been by Robert Woods his whole career. I saw Robert, Robert I, Woods the stud. I saw a statistic the other day on that someone put on Twitter that this season, when when Jared Goff targets Sammy Watkins, his quarterback rating is like 120. It's a it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's at 130 when he targets Robert Woods and Cooper. <laughs> no, it's lower. It's the high. His highest quarterback rating is when he targets Sammy Watkins this year. But for whatever reason, Sammy Watkins is continuing to draw the primary coverage for the defense, and he's not targeting him because there's other guys that are more open. So now that Robert Woods isn't playing, and Sammy Watkins is the the best weapon, um, not just the best weapon, but I yeah. Anyway, we'll see. I mean, just, I mean, just, just I don't have any for, answer. Thank, but thank goodness for McVay being there and turning that offense around and making the Rams a fun team to be a part of again. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I tried, I mean, I tried to win Gurley uh, for the the Jets running backs in a first uh, oh. in a dynasty league, and man, uh, Gurley looks quite good. And uh, no, it's just a ten team. But anyway, long story short, yeah. it's just fun. I, I just love the fun. The other hot, like this, uh, another or no, you you still have one left, right, Ryan? Yeah, I got one left. All right, I have a general, I have a general hot take at the end. But go. Okay, um, so mine is um, I don't know how hot this is because this guy is I think projected to be a, you know, um, wide receiver one. But I want to go with the number one wide receiver overall this week, Alshon Jeffrey revenge game against the Bears, wide receiver number one overall, Alshon. That's my call. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I got banana pepper from my number one overall call last week. Yeah, for a guy that was projected to be number one overall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's particularly hot. I mean, I, I obviously it's not a ghost pepper, but I I, I think that um, you know when it has what's the highest Alshon has been you know this year in terms of ranking. He's he, Fantasy Pros has him number twelve. I feel like you're going to like trying to play play into it because I do think it's a ghost pepper take number one overall. I think it's Carolina Reaper. Really? Okay. Alshon Jeffrey stinks. <laughs> I'm going to go Ghost Pepper. I think I'm going to stick by that because Trey's out of hand with his Ghost Pepper. All right. With my, with my Carolina it. Reaper. Ghost Pepper. Yeah, and there are some other wide receivers. Isn't great. I mean, like Antonio Brown against the Packers. I mean, he's going to Let blow. me just – let 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 AJ like, Green against Cleveland. <laughs> so, Will, do you – have any idea what the season high for Alshon Jeffrey is in yards? Uh, it's under a hundred. It is. So you're talking about a guy that's not even eclipsed a hundred yards. The Chicago defense is underrated. The likelihood that this guy, when no other team in the NFL is on by, is going to put up the overall wide receiver one week. I mean, a couple weeks ago against Denver, he went for six six catches, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. I guarantee you he wasn't even the wide receiver one that week. So I, I, this, is pretty, this is hot. I mean, this is a really hot take. I don't know that Alshon Jeffrey has seen overall wide receiver one, um, you know, since, uh, you know, Jaws was in theaters. So <laughs> he's, right. only, he's only 27. He might not even have Twitter yet like me. Uh, so he, 
so the number one wide receiver on the number one scoring team is going to be the number one wide receiver. Uh, and I, 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 I do, th- I, I, it's kind of like the, I think it's just my internal competitiveness. I just want to make it go better because really, was it Carolina Reaper, like two touchdowns, 84 yards? He's probably pretty close. I don't know, I don't know if you checked the standings lately, but the hot takes champion for 2017 is decided. It's not even I'm coming a back. LaShawn Daniels is going to crush it this week. <laughs> All right. It's fine. I think that Ryan's pretty happy with, with Ghost Pepper. And uh, I'm, I'm happy. I, yeah. So, and, and, that, so we, that sounds good. We're starting to run a little late. So, well, you got one final point you want to make. And then I, I actually have the closing comments. And I have something this week. So, so Will, you want to you, you go with your uh, – your oh, I just want to do, do a fun one that uh, I bet there is uh, the – I want to bet with you guys over under one half uh, fumble out of the end zone on Thanksgiving for a touchback. Um, I guess I'll, I'll take the the under because that would that would be pretty remarkable. I mean, you're just going like with the with the odds, pure odds, right? Yeah. Is this a prop bet in Vegas? <laughs> no, it just was. Uh, there's been a lot of like fumbles out of the end zone, and these are going to be some primetime games. And I feel like players are are trying harder to extend more than ever. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know, I just think it's just going to be a fun bet. I, I get that I'm going against the odds, but uh, just, just, you know, a little bit more uh, really interest in the, the rest of the games other than just players. Right. Okay. I'll take the under. Yeah, I'll take the All under. All right, grab a shame bet. Put it on the board. All right. <laughs> Put it on the board! Yes. Hawk Harrelson uh, reference. Um, you guys okay. just grab a shame, though, I'm going to send you uh, glitter bombs. And help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, uh, so let me uh, move on to my closing comments. And, and if you guys want to add anything to it, feel free. So my closing comment is just about Roger Goodell and his reported request to, what does it make? For $49.5 million a year, have a, his own private plane and life insurance for, or private plane for life and yeah. life insurance. And, you know, there's this really great article in the Washington Post about these other CEOs that, that he would make more money than. CEOs of IBM, Time Warner, Hewlett Packard, Disney, Nike, Oracle, Yahoo, and J.P. Morgan Chase, among others, and he already makes more um, makes more than thirty million a year. That's more than Steve Wynn and the CEOs of AT and T, Microsoft, Exxon, Chevron, Johnson and Johnson, Dow Chemical. So he's already probably grossly overpaid. He's a guy. Mike Florio was talking about this on Chicago Sports Radio today. You know, he's this combination of either fans are indifferent about him or they don't like him. So a guy like that, you know, you know, the NFL is such, is such a great product. It's so amazing. And if, if there was just a commissioner that could, um, could capitalize that and even grow it to another level, I mean, cause that's possible. Cause it is. And there are a lot of issues with the NFL. So this Roger Goodell, what he's asking for, I, I know people don't like Jerry Jones, but I like sitting up against that because I mean, you can make the argument that CEO pay is, is ridiculous anyway, with those all the CEOs, what they make. But to make $50 million a year, that, that, the NFL isn't successful because of Roger Goodell. I think it's successful in spite of Roger Goodell. So that, that's my commentary tonight. That's my final thought. Roger Goodell, I mean, get real, man. Get real. And Jerry Jones, more power to you. More power to you. I like it. Yeah. I like it, too. I think – to be honest with you, I think the NFL would be better off to kick Roger Goodell to the curb and bring someone in with some fresh perspective 
that's not going to be so power hungry. And instead of making just arbitrary decisions on some of these disciplinary cases, actually allow other people to make the decisions based on, I, I mean, the, 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 the legal aspect of the NFL right now is ridiculous. I think that they could bring in someone fresh, some rejuvenation, his handling of the whole um, boycotting of the uh, national anthem. It's all been quite uh, lacking in leadership, if you ask me. So I don't think that he's worth $50 million at all. I think he has left a lot to be desired, considering he's leading uh, an organization that is just printing money because there are people like us that are up at – you know, 1250 in the morning <laughs> talking about it um, because we're just such rabid fans of football. So I'm with you. I think that the NFL is successful despite Roger Goodell. And I believe that by replacing him, they could probably see a greater level of growth. So uh, out with the old in with the new shake it up. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> so I got two options here for you. Uh, one, a young upstart, fantasy podcast out of the Midwest and South like South, <laughs> like Southeast uh, takes over the NFL. Uh, we will take a salary of 40 million, but three private planes, or I think it would be most interesting if they found a female commissioner for the NFL. Hmm. Uh, I think that would change. You need, uh, I don't think the NFL needs somebody who's been like a, it's an old boys club to a fault in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. And I would really like to see a, not, not necessarily an outsider, but somebody who's been involved a little bit here and there, but uh, at the end of the day, like somebody who uh, ha- has been in control of a lot of things in the past, but I would really, really, really enjoy if it was a female that, that, that took over the NFL as the commissioner. Yeah, I like it. Susie Colber for NFL commissioner, hashtag Susie Colber. She could, she'd do a better job. I mean, she knows the product and, and she had fresh ideas among other, many other women. So I mean, that's not a joke. That, I mean, I, I like it. There, there are so many people that really, I think, could do a better job of commissioning the NFL. And it's easy to sit here and, and say that. But, yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement. So, yeah, one of those was a joke and one of those was serious. And the joke one was three upstart podcasters with their own planes. <laughs> yeah, forget $40 million. <laughs> I mean, we'll take $3 million. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can keep, and you can keep the private jets. <laughs> like, I'll take a scooter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I actually would love to see it's, – it's, it's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Uh, in the overall scheme of things, I would love to see some female leadership in more national sports in the U.S. Uh, because it just is – you're missing out on, <laughs> like, literally uh, half the population in the United States. And that's, that's, that's really messed up, in my opinion, uh, in, with a lot of companies. And they don't worry about that in their leadership teams. So at least, you, you know, at least uh, somebody who wasn't brought up on the backs of everybody else and, you know, commit, you know I don't know. It's my own opinion. I love it. I love it. All right. So I think with that, guys, we're going to get out of here. This was another episode of the Fancy Joes. Thanks for listening. You know that you can find us um, on, on Gmail, thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Your feedback's always welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly, uh, usually Thursday or Fridays and with new episodes. But be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey's at Trey Barrett. Will is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. 
and he could use some followers. And I am at Rudder Librarian. So on behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. I need some posts to get some followers, probably. These are the, the tip I got tonight. Yeah, activity on Twitter is never a bad thing. It's so much work, though. Like, I feel like I have to log in, I have to say something that then people's going to comment on. Like, I don't know, I have to respond back. I've, I've spent enough time on the internet. Like, ugh.